In the New Testament, we find a series of books called First and Second Peter. But who is this Peter? Why did he write these books? We're going to begin this conversation here on Midweek Move, and as we do that, we're going to start with First Peter. Hello and welcome to the Midweek Move podcast for examining scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves, what is happening here? I'm Dallas. I'm so glad you guys could join us. Whether you're joining us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or Facebook, hey, thank you for being part of what we're doing here. This is really a, a podcast produced by The Healing Place that's designed to help you kind of make a midweek move. Uh, a move towards what God has for you, a move towards becoming what God's called you to be, a knowledgeable, productive Christian operating in the world that God has put before us. And to do that, we have to understand the scriptures in a clear and concise way. And so we've been going through many, many books over the last year. Guys, it's been a little over a year since we started. It started with the book of Acts, and we've done Colossians and uh, Philippians, and we've done all kinds of great things. And it's been a wild ride. And as we kicked off this new year, Pastor Scott and I met and we we're like, you know what? Let's start with first and second Peter. We thought this would be a great way to kick off the year. Uh, I, honestly, it's one of those books that uh, are a series of books that people don't look at often. <laughs> like they don't just think, hey, let's do there. They go Romans, they go James, which we've done, all these other ones. But what about Peter? And so we're going to be diving into first Peter over the next couple of weeks. But as you guys know, we like to have context of what we're reading, who is writing, why are they writing, who is receiving these letters, because that helps us to understand the text that we're about to read. Having this context in the back of our mind, the entirety of our reading it helps us to better understand what's happening to the original readers and helps us to make appropriate um, application, sorry, <laughs> application to our lives. So... Let's jump into it. The first question right off the bat is, who wrote 1 Peter? Now, right off the bat, we're going to say Peter. It says in the opening line that Peter is the one writing this particular book. Now, if this is the case, this is Peter, the fisherman, one of Jesus' inner circles, uh, one of the guys in his inner circle. This is a guy who knew Jesus, who walked with Jesus, who suffered with Jesus. But there's some detractors to that. Some modern scholars have made a name for themselves and saying, no, that's not possible. This wasn't Peter. And their argumentation is, it's a bit strange in my opinion. One of their argumentations is simply the fact that uh, it seems too much like somebody is claiming to be Peter, but is quoting Paul. Because there are some Pauline sounding uh, vocabulary and sentences within the book of First Peter. Now, I can see why they would want to make this assertion, especially if you're coming from the context that the scriptures are perhaps fabricated, that they're not God-breathed, that this is something that some man has tried to make happen. However, it takes out of context the concept of community. Who was Paul trained by? Well, he spent time with Peter, being trained by Peter for a time frame after he became a believer in Jesus Christ. And it is very much reasonable to believe and to see that being with Peter and to be under the disciples because that's what happened before Paul became a leader of the church. He sat under the leadership that his vocabulary, his mind shift, our mindset began to shift and change. 
and this is something that it happens everywhere. You you see influence trickled down through a community and you begin to see people's phraseology and the way they see things, the way they do things, begin to shift according to the leadership that's at hand. Great example. Here at the healing place, we have certain things that we 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 have tribal language of language, if you will. We have things that we say, things that we do. Be no do. Be who God created you to be, know what God is doing, and do what God has created you to do. That being said, that is language that's come out of from uh from the top. Pastor's got that's the vision he's laid out for us. And this is the things that we're operating that God has given us. Now, I have a separate ministry outside of the healing place. It's called Geek Devotions. It's a it's a it's a whole nother thing. If you guys want information, reach out to us and we'll talk about it later. But within Geek Devotions, if you watch the videos that I produce on that on that channel, if you watch and listen to the podcast and see the things that we create, you'll begin to hear and see things that are similar to things that take place at the healing place. You'll begin to hear and see things that are similar to the things that Pastor Scott says. Why? Because he's my leader. Because he's one of my mentors. Because I sit under Scott literally on a daily basis. I hear his sermons. <laughs> I, I produce our online gathering. I hear his sermons three to four times a week before it hits the airways on Sunday morning. So yeah, I'm influenced by him. It makes sense that the writings of Paul have been influenced by the teachings of Peter. And therefore, it makes sense that Peter would say the same thing. So this argumentation that there's phraseology that's found within Peter that sounds too much like Paul, really, it, 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 it's an it's a argument that distracts, or not detracts, but ignores simple life ideals. You talk like those who you are around. So it makes sense. Now, there's some other argumentation. There's some people who suggest that perhaps Peter was educated enough to write the level of Greek that we see within this passage. However, many scholars look at it and go, look, that's a really subjective phrase. There's uh, several highly skilled uh, scholars who like who look at the Greek that's found in Peter, and they go, look, it's not too much of a stretch to see somebody who maybe was less educated being able to write this well, not to mention the possibility that he could have had a scribe. So what are some of our evidence that this is, in fact, Peter? Well, we do have the fact that he says, hi, I'm Peter, right at the beginning of it. But we also can't ignore church history. Some of the earliest church fathers have gone on record saying, this was Peter. This was the writings of Peter. Peter wrote these things. There is an authority brought to this because from the general community, not from a conspiracy, but from people who were in the know, who were there. They're like, yeah, this was this is what Peter said. This is what Peter wrote out. This is what Peter put out. If this was a forgery from that time frame, these early church fathers would have caught that and it would not have been accepted as authoritative. So we stand on church history. We stand on, on logic. We look at what's happening here before us. We go, yeah, Peter wrote this book. But when was it written? When did Peter write this? We know from early writings that Peter and Paul were both victims of persecution by Emperor Nero, and that Nero was really starting to ramp up against the church. And there's a lot of conversation about persecution taking place. Now, some of this possibly is governmental, some of this is local, we're going to get into that a little bit here. But it's interesting that he keeps mentioning the, uh, um, the term Babylon within this passage, or within this, uh, this book here. And uh, many scholars kind of universally agree that Mentioning Babylon is kind of a code of saying Rome. And just looking at 
when persecution started wrapping up, <clears throat> not before it just went crazy with Nero going full sale persecution against the Christians because of, well, basically him blackmailing them, not blackmailing them, but um, blaming them for the burning of Rome when that was actually his thing. We kind of put this between 62 and 64 AD. This is kind of the time frame that we see uh, this writing take place. But who was he writing to then? Who were the early readers of this book? Well, when you look at it, when you re read the scriptures, we realize that this was written to the people that are in what we call modern-day Turkey. This was the early audience, and this was a group of people that, yes, a lot of them were, were probably Jews who had converted to Christianity, but a lot of them, more than likely, were pagans who converted to Christianity, who came to know Jesus, and they said, Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And amid this time frame of them making this shift in their lives, they're having to walk away from cultural standards that they had grown up with, pagan practices that stand affront to God. This is the early audience, which is, brings us to the why. Why was this written? Because this was a group of people who probably were new to the faith, who were walking things out, they were starting to face persecution again, not necessarily on the grandiose scheme of, of the government coming in on top of them, but probably in the local micro level where they were in a community and there was, look, I'm not going to participate in this pagan practice that is definitely demonic, that's definitely uh, uh, goes against what God has commanded me to do. There's persecution starting to take place. Why? Because when you stand for God, when you go, look, this is what God has given me, people don't like that. They they begin to get offended. At, at best, they go, oh, well, I feel convicted by that. And they fight that because there's conviction. At worst, they just are very ignorant and attack people. And that's what was happening here. This early crowd, these people reading this passage, these early passages, they are suffering from persecution on the macro level, dealing with their community going, hey, what do you mean that you're not going to participate in this or that? What do you mean that this God that you serve, we're okay with you serving other gods, but how dare you say that your God is greater than our God? How dare you say that your God is greater than all these things that we believe? And this is the crowd that we are facing. This is the crowd that reads this. So what are we going to discover in this book? Well, speaking to this early group of people, this early group of Christians that are in modern-day Turkey who are starting to face persecution, what we find is this book really does focus around a relationship in three different areas. The first is the believer's relationship to God. This early group of Christians need to understand where they were in right standing with God, what that looks like, how to walk that out. The second aspect is the believer's relationship to others. If they are with God, if they are Christians, they're followers of Jesus Christ, how does that affect their relationship with the world, with these pagans that they've grown up with, their family members, their loved ones, their neighbors, just the world around them? What does their relationship look like? And then finally, we see a conversation about the believer's relationship to suffering. Because there is a mindset, even back then, that, well, if you're serving the real God, shouldn't you be blessed? Shouldn't you be taken care of? Should no bad thing happen to you? But what we find is there is suffering and what that looks like, how the Christian navigates a world of suffering. Again, they're suffering through persecution. And so what Peter's doing is walking them through the relationship of a believer with suffering. And that's what we're going to be walking through over the next several weeks here at the Midweek Move. 
And guys, we want you to strap in, be part of it, be part of the conversation, be part of the, the comment section on, on YouTube uh, and Facebook, share the podcast out. I want to encourage you guys, invite people over to your house, have a small group and listen to this podcast and dig in and dive in yourself as we dive deep into the book of First Peter together. And again, we want to hear from you. Give us your questions. Give us, give us your thoughts on these passages. You can email us, mediahub at threeport.com, or you can uh, message directly the Facebook page for Midweek Move, which is simply Midweek Move. We try to make it really easy for you guys. Obviously, you guys can check out The Healing Place at thpshreveport.com and all the Healing Place social medias, Facebook and Instagram. Just look for THP Shreveport. Be part of what God is doing through The Healing Place. Be part of what God is doing through this ministry of the Midweek Move. Until next time, guys, have a great week.